KAKU 88.5 FM, the voice of Maui. My name is Mary Margaret Baker, and you're listening to the Nurse Practitioner Show on health, wellness, and managing your dis-ease. Well, today is a very special show because I have my dear, dear, longtime dear friend, Barbara Balif, LCSW, a psychotherapist from Sacramento, visiting. And her job was to come in and just watch us have the show. And here she is. She's on the show. Thank you, Barbara. Oh, well, thank you, Mary. Ah, so it was great. Great. Our, our guests didn't show, so here we are. I'm glad because Barbara is, knows a lot of things about a lot of things, and we've known each other for so long and always go into very interesting conversations, don't we? Yes, we do. Yes, and we cover a lot of material with our conversations. Let's have this pull this down a little bit so people can see your face. There we go. Just the whole thing comes down. There you go. Okay, perfect. So how are you doing today? You're getting ready to go back to Sacramento. I'll be going back on uh, Wednesday. Okay, so we just got her in time in the nick of time. When she comes back in this in another month or two, she'll be on and we'll be having another wonderful, wonderful conversation with Barbara Balif. But um, I think what I want to do is before we get started, I wanted to mention that on, on February 27th, which is Thursday, there's going to be a very interesting salon upstairs at Akaku. It's a free event and it's a conversation uh, and a presentation about shallow water blackout. It's free diving and spear fishing safety. So I don't know too much. That's without, they don't have any breathing apparatus. They, I think they free dive. With, that to me is amazing. I just started a book about the Korean women that go and free dive. And oh, I read that. Oh, you read that. How was book. it? Oh, it's a wonderful book. So I'll have more on that later. But there's a lot of good things to talk about, really. So, Barbara, we one of the things we thought we would have a little conversation about, and things will blow from over from that, but anxiety. There seems to be so much anxiety in um, with people these days in the world, especially, I don't, I don't know about the world, but I'm going to say United States. Well, I think in the world <laughs> there is a lot of anxiety, and certainly we know in our country uh, there's been a kind of an increase in, in anxiety. Well, do you, is it because of the terrorism and the... Has it been since 9-11, or what, what do you think is the reason? Well, I think there are a variety of things that stir people up and make people anxious and make people scared. And Fear, um, Fear is a big mm-hmm. factor, I think. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So what, what do you think some of those factors are? I would look toward terrorism because, you know, it's in Paris. It's in the United States. It's, you know, it, well, it doesn't have to be way over there. It can be right here. That's true, and terrorism actually can uh, can send a, a, a lot of things. I mean, one of the things that they'll talk about if there's been an incident, they'll say, well, we've got to figure out if this is terrorism or not. Well, and they're thinking of if there's an organized terrorist group that's made it happen. But there's terrorism involved with any of these mass shootings or um, various things that we hear in the news that are just disturbing to, to people's sense of safety and well-being. Well, you know, I just was reading something yesterday where the um, the news was talking about the Parkland shooting, 
mm-hmm. and uh, a, a mother who had lost her son became activated and started doing a, a program. But it's coming up to two years, and she and her husband decided to use that tragedy to activate themselves to contribute a program. But she was talking about, and I thought, oh my gosh, it was already two years ago. It just seemed like it was yesterday, you know. And have we done anything? Has any has Congress has Congress done anything besides acquit Trump for gun violence? Would these kids have to be talk about being anxious? Well, it's I'll tell you those those kids from Parkland that organized themselves and have spoken and and got out. They've made a difference, and certain communities have made changes because of that activism and how they talked about how it's not okay for them to have to be frightened like that. So I think that, uh, in fact, like the parents you're referencing having decided to get activated to do something about the pro- problem that's a positive f- deal to 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 do a positive action to take actions to take it's one of the ways people manage their dis-ease yes is by taking action to take action and to make see what you can do to make a difference instead of collapsing into hopeless feelings a hopeless depression i mean mm-hmm. and of course they're feeling loss I mean, you can't. Well, they feel their loss loss. and they have to grieve, but that's one of the ways they're actively using their grief in a positive way to make a difference, which represents something very um, good for their love of their child and for the community. Exactly. I just, you know, there's just so many things that have happened. I hate to say it, you know, knock on wood. but I think mostly in Hawaii, we've been pretty free of that. Uh, but you never know. I mean, what happens is individual personal tragedy. Yes. You know, like um, a child is killed or a child is beaten and by his mother's boyfriend or, you know, something which is very tragic and very disconcerting to happen in the community. But it affects that family, the extended family, the child, dead or alive and the community and the community has such a loss with that feeling of helplessness too it 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 ripples out but you know you can you can point to and think of several movements that happened out of a tragedy you know like the um, me too movement the me too movement the mad mothers against drunk driving that was probably one of the biggest that was a big one that was a very big one because there was so much alcoholism and drunk driving that you're right, yes. So some parents re- or some people involved really try to make the best of some heartfelt tragedies. Yes. Yeah, that's really true. So um, I remember today on the news, Harvey Weinstein heading off to prison. You know, I think, you know, some of the, I, what, I, what I thought was interesting is the most egregious things that he did. He got off. I mean, he didn't get accused. He got accused, didn't get found guilty. But he was found guilty for rape and for another another one of the items. But he's going to be going to prison. So I hope that's a message. You know, women need to stand up and take care of themselves, and we need to take care of each other. Yes. 
you know, it kind of goes along and with people, bullying. And what, the other thing that's come out of the Harvey Weinstein thing, I think, is how much the other um, people looked the other way. Oh, men and women, bosses, underlings, yes. studio owners, or whatever, however it is. He so I think yeah. this case is, is actually going to have an impact as well because of that. Did you ever see the movie Bombshell? Yes, I did. We missed it because we were in Sacramento, and uh, the show was at 10.30 at night. Well, that's way past my bedtime, so I couldn't possibly go to the movie at 10.30 at night, but I just wanted to see it. So I guess we're going to have to go to TV, Netflix, or uh, Amazon Prime or something like that to see it. Oh, what did you think? I think it'll probably come back around because... It- got some so much notion uh, notice with oh the, with harvey weinstein too mm-hmm. and and the oscar nominations and exactly so yeah really so i mean I, women who've always who've been for years and years the the under the underdog and so to speak um in corporate structure in uh in company ownership and being on the hitting the glass ceiling they're not on boards of directors it's slightly changing and i certainly hope it'll change i'm going to have a speaker um at the end of march uh march 30th it's dale who is the ceo of gammy home health and her father and mother started that company and she has recently i think it's january was it this year i think it was january of this year maybe it was last year but some point in time, very recently, she became the CEO. And she started working in the company when she was in high school. And it's just, I, and I told her, it, with everything that happens, it's really important for women to hear and know what you've done. Because everybody, every family that has a business doesn't mean they have a family member that will take over the business. Like I had a whole practice and I had a business, a home health agency, but I didn't have anybody in my family that was willing to take it over or was even interested. Or maybe even capable. Even capable, maybe. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in many families, there's, there isn't someone who has just that right fit. You know, I think of Fred, who worked in his business till he was 97 and went into the office. Well, he cut down from seven days a week to five days a week when he was about 95. And then his driver broke her ankle when he was 97 and he just didn't he stopped going in <laughs> because her ankle was broken. because her ankle was broken and he just didn't want to train another driver <laughs> believe that or not and so uh, he was he was a phenomenon <laughs> he was a phenomenon in his own right i don't know you know there's so many people that are living to 103 107 whatever and people always ask. Well, remember- just today, the the woman who um, was uh, honored in that movie about the uh, the women who did the mathematics for the space program, she died today at 101. Okay, we're sent. How do they say that? Centenarians. Mm-hmm. Centenarians. And you had two grandmothers that lived over 100, right? Well, no, one grandmother only lived to be 99 and a half. My other grandmother lived to be 102 and a half. <laughs> Longevity in her family, because Barbara, I just, and you're, they were a kick in the pants, weren't they? They were a kick. <laughs> they sure were. Yeah, to have that longevity. I know my mother lived to 91, and uh, she was the longest living person in her family. 
which everybody was shocked. And she smoked. She was a, a, a wife of the 50s, highballs, cocktails at night, smoking. Of course, she had to smoke, <laughs> you know, because everybody did. And, uh, you know, she ended up, when she was in her late, mid to, well, 80s, she developed um, multi-infarct, which is a type of dementia, which kind of goes, you're, you're going along, and then all of a sudden you, you get confused, and you kind of go down and have some event. You're not feeling good. You can't remember things. And then that goes along for quite some time, and then you have another event. And what that means is another little clot shoots up because she was a smoker and had hypertension. And so those things can can lead you. And she'd always say, I remember, I just remember that she'd put it like a, like fingers like she was holding a cigarette and go, puff, puff, you got to die of something. Well, I said, what if you don't die? And you just get bad. And she'd say, well, that's another issue, <laughs> you know. I don't know. People are, people are funny, and they try to get along and do things. And, but anyway, she was ninety-one, and that was an amazing. I couldn't even believe she lived that long. We were just very surprised and thankful that she was living in a very safe place, and they loved her. And she had a good sense of humor. Your mother, my mother, had and a that great goes sense a long humor. way. That goes a long way we used to she she would she could suggest something to her and she would be all game for it which is the typical aries isn't it they're already ready to have fun we were just talking about another friend of ours who's a couple friends who are aries and they're always ready to have fun they may not want to do the work but they are always ready to have fun <laughs> i can say that i'm not an aries barbara isn't either i might add so the anxiety. What about children? Are children having a lot of anxiety? Oh, there's a lot of anxiety for different children. And one of the things that I've observed is in, an, in a family where there's um, where one of the parents has a lot of anxiety, it's as, almost as if that anxiety gets deposited into the children. Um, little beings, you know, have, they have um, so much dependence on these grown-ups. And and needs so much and so when daddy's so frightened about this or that or the next thing or having post-traumatic stress syndrome oh yes well which is another very another whole issue uh, an issue of anxiety then then it makes the children anxious too and and a lot of children have anxiety about being away from the parent and you know a lot of trouble with going to school in the early years because of separation anxiety from all of that. So there's a lot, a lot of anxiety going around. I was thinking that also it's kind of good to look at and think for your uh, listeners about what can you do with when you get feeling so anxious, with anxious that you're all tied up in knots, and you, uh, you know, have trouble going to sleep. You have trouble relaxing at all. And there's some really simple things that are little tricks that I've certainly worked with people over the years to learn to do, which is how to really slow down and then take some nice deep breaths. I say if you're anxious and you stop and take, ah, that's it, Mary, take the breath in and hold and then let go and blow it out. 
And as you blow out that air, before you take the next breath, imagine yourself letting go of that which is making you anxious, the worries, the concerns, just breathing in and out and letting go. It It can stop people from having panic attacks. It can get a person settled down to be able to think straight. Uh, and it's just such a simple thing. doesn't cost a penny. And when people are really anxious, they're actually holding their breath often and not doing that kind of cleansing release. breath and release. release in and out. So that's just a simple trick. Very simple, but yet it, it's, but it, it's so helpful. But so it's if, very you're, helpful. if you're just as a review of what we just spoke about, Barbara suggested, which is a great suggestion, is if you're feeling anxious or overwhelmed, in the moment, you know, stop, breathe in, breathe out, hold it, wait a second, I, th- I think it's always a good idea to close your eyes. It's a good idea. Yeah, and then breathe in again, do it three or four or five times, and it just stops the moment and gives you a break and you get reoxygenated, you know, because as you said, when people are anxious, they just stop, they hold their breath. And what they need is oxygen because your muscles go into starvation for oxygen. And you need that moment to pause. Exactly. And not be ruminating over your worries and concerns. That may be a phone, but we're not worrying about it. Let it just ring. We're not going to worry. There's a phone going, and it could be mine, it could be Barbara's, but we're not answering right now. That's the way it is. What can we say? I I think I forgot to turn my phone off, too, so who knows. Um, You know, the other thing, this is something I I just, I didn't even know about because I don't have small children. But, you know, when we were kids, we used to do fire drills, right? And we'd have to have a fire drill. That was our biggest fear, was having a fire in the school. Mm -hmm. But now... They actually have uh, drills in in case there's a gunman or something in the school. Yes, they do that now in schools. And so how, you know, I think about that and I go, well, talk about keeping the anxiety on the edge of every kid in schools across America. Wow. That is now going on. Who told me that? It could have been. Well, it is going on. Going on, on. yeah. It's going on all over. Our daughter's kids are in Active shooter drills, they call it. Oh, they call it active shooter drills. Can you imagine having to put up? They don't even talk about fires anymore. Well, when I was a girl, it says a little bit about how old I am, uh, we had to do drills for... uh, Oh, bombs. Bombs. That's right. The idea that we would be bombed and we should have to, if we had a nuclear bomb, we had to get under our we'd desk. have to get under our desk. Well, that, that would do absolutely nothing. But we were doing it, which certainly deposited a little bit of anxiety into That's us That's right. Well. I forgot about that. I was, I think I was like in fourth grade when they, we were still doing that. And somehow I don't remember after fourth grade, but maybe third grade, third or fourth grade. But it just seems like we, we train, we we educate kids to do something that's going to be helpful, which won't help them at all. Well, that wasn't a very helpful notion. <laughs> that wasn't a very good one. <laughs> You're right. 
the bomb. We had to, we were taught to get under our desks in the schoolroom if we, if there was a bomb coming. You know, we had that alert in Hawaii. When was it? Last year? Oh, yes, you and, did. Um, it was on a Saturday. I'll never forget this. And I, I was in bed and I had a, you know, I get these emergency alerts for things like flooding, whatever. And it, the, and I heard the phone and it kept ringing. And I turned, I didn't even look. I just turned it off. Later, I found out it was the warning that we had a bomb coming to Hawaii from Korea, North Korea. And I thought, well, there you go. <laughs> I, I would have been a goner. <laughs> I remember the first time when I first moved to California, and there were. Um, there was alerts for what do they call them? Oh, just slipped my mind. But with at the building shake, earthquakes, earthquakes, California, California earthquakes. earthquakes. I was in San Diego. I was going to a meeting, and I went down a day early. To my purpose was to um, spend a day in in uh, in in San Diego. And so what I ended up doing is I didn't feel good, so I stayed on, I was on the seventh, the top floor of the hotel. That's my phone going. Phone call coming in. I'm not answering it. So I'm sorry, folks. You'll have a little tune in the background. But all of a sudden, I slept in because I didn't feel good. And the whole building was rocking. And I thought... I think I'm in an earthquake. <clears throat> and I thought, I can't rush out. I was in my pajamas. I was in bed. It was probably about 10 o'clock in the morning. And I thought, oh, well, I'm just going to stay in bed. What else can I do? That's probably the best thing you could do. <laughs> I mean, you know, I would have been gone. Uh, but I remember the very first earthquake I ever felt was in Sacramento. And it th- felt like somebody was, it was a two-story building, and I was at work, <clears throat> And I, it felt like somebody was walking on the roof. And I thought, how could that be that loud? Someone walking on the roof? Well, anyway, later I found out it was a, my very first experience with an earthquake. But I have, I've been very lucky. I, you've lived in Sacramento area for a long time. Have you had that kind of experience? Oh, I've had some mild uh, feeling of weekends uh, Sacramento. But I had lived in Fresno when I was a, a youngster and... Um, there, I actually was kind of knocked out of bed by a shake. Oh, you're shake. kidding. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But, it, but again, it wasn't that traumatic. Yeah. I think because you don't realize what it is when it's happening. At least I didn't. I mean, it wasn't like the Lomo, Lomo, Loma Prieta, which really rock and rolled the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Cars went into the ocean. The bridges fell apart. You know, all of that. So that's another experience. But... Um, yeah, it's trauma is, but you've brought up all these different natural disasters and also things, other things that are scary, scary and, um, leading to the, the topic that you brought up, which is anxiety, anxiety. Yeah. And certainly one of the things around coping with anxiety, you know, the, I mentioned that there's that kind of remedy of paying attention to your breathing and to take some deep breaths. But the other thing is not to be, to pay attention to what's going on in your mind so that you're not doing a lot of um, 
ruminating and uh, thinking over and, and exaggerating things in your mind so that you can talk to yourself and say, this isn't that bad. <laughs> um, you know, like when you were in bed and said, oh, well, I'm just going to stay in bed. What can I do? I, I mean, I, 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 there's I nothing I'm going to do about this. You can't take the elevator. You have to go down the stairwell. So just settle down, <sighs> take a deep breath, and see if you can relax. And I think the same is true about all the many things that cause people anxiety. You know, worrying about bills mounting up or not having enough this or that uh, to take care of things. Just to be calming to yourself, to let yourself think, what can I do something about? And then figure out what you can do, but not to be just letting it roll over and over in your head, all the worst thing that can happen. Well, you know, what I, one of the things I noticed from a family member whose name will remain anonymous, I might add, male gender, um, of course, Barbara knows who it is, um, is that the person worries about things they can't do anything about. Right. Okay, all the things that ha they have no control over, that is what they're worrying about day and night, lots of anxiety. The things they have control over, like eat better, buy better food, get out and take a walk, get some exercise, or whatever. Those are things we all have. We make choices, yes. and we have some control over those things. You know, and it even comes up with their health issues. You know, if you have diabetes, you may not be able to do much about it, but you know what, probably if you made different choices with your diet, it would make a big difference. Make a huge difference. You know. And and it is important to do the various things we can do that make us healthier. It's also important to not fret too much about that which we have no control over because that will just make things worse. We ruminate. We just go over and worry and worry and worry. And I think worry is just another form of anxiety. And in fact, there are a lot of things that are just good common sense things that make a difference to being able to make your life work better, which means being freer of excessive worry and, and anxiety. And part of it is, is to exercise. And part of those things include eating well, right? Not overeating exactly. um, and all of that, but also connecting with others having uh, friends. Peer group um, support. Some kind of support, wherever that works for you. Now what I'm looking at is we're going to take a little break, and we're going to come back. With me today I have Barbara Balif, who is a licensed clinical social worker who's been a psychotherapist for many years, and she was going to be my guest today, it, just an observer in the studio, and as it worked out, here she is. She is my guest for the day for, due to un, unplanned circumstances beyond my control. And we just, we just weren't anxious. We went with the flow. Didn't we, Barbara? We go with the flow. <laughs> and go with the flow is a good motto. It is. So we'll be back in just a couple minutes. Pacific Medical Group at 95 Lono Avenue in Kahului is the proud sponsor of the Nurse Practitioner Show on KAKU 88.5 FM, the voice of Maui, that can be heard on Mondays at 2 p.m. and again at 11 a.m. on Saturdays. 
Pacific Medical Group has chiropractors who specialize in the management and prevention of work-related injuries. For more information and list of potential services, please call 808-873-0733. Do you have a non-profit event coming up that you would like the public to know about? Is there an important social issue for which you'd like to raise awareness? Akaku can help you get the word out. You can come in and record a one-minute public service announcement for the subject of your choice at no cost to you. Slots are available Mondays and Wednesdays between 1 and 3. Remember, it's free. So call 871-5554 and reserve your spot today. Aloha. I'm Amora St. John, inviting you to join me every Friday at 11 a.m. when I'll be talking story to some very gutsy women. Women going for their dreams, women who have children and grandchildren, and the wisdom of the ages. Women who are courageous and filled with spirit. That's Gutsy Women Radio. Fridays at 11 a.m. and replays on Saturdays at 2 p.m. Here on KAKU Radio, 88.5 FM. Hi, I'm Chuck Sauce, host of Biscuits and Gravy. KAKU is a listener-supported station. This means that all of the great programs you hear, like mine, are supported by you as well as our underwriters. If you would like to help keep the voice of Maui talking loud and clear, go to KAKUFM.org slash donate today and give. Don't miss the Biscuits and Gravy Show Wednesdays at 11 a.m. 88.5 KAKU. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much. I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Pacific Medical Group at 95 Lono Avenue in Kahului is the proud sponsor of the Nurse Practitioner Show on KAKU 88.5 FM, the voice of Maui. That can be heard on Mondays at 2 p.m. and again at 11 a.m. on Saturdays. Pacific Medical Group has chiropractors who specialize in the management and prevention of work-related injuries. For more information and list of potential services, please call 808-873-0733. Okay, we're back, the Nurse Practitioner Show, and with me today I have Barbara Balif, a licensed clinical social worker and dear friend who is going to be an observer in the studio, and guess what? She's on air. (laughs) Thank you, Barbara. We've been friends for so long and always have very mostly deep and informative and conversations, and so this is just an extension of what our normal pattern is when we're talking about things. And uh, so as you've noticed, if you've been listening, we kind of have gone from this topic to that topic, but the underlying topic has really been about anxiety. And we talked about how children are now having, when we were kids, we had bomb scares, and we had to get under our desks, okay? So now what they had, then there was fire drills. And so now what kids are going is called... Active shooter drills. Active shooter drills because there's been so many children killed in school. I don't know how parents even trust 
having their kids go to school. I just, it just seems like it's, I don't know, it seems like a real stretch to have your children go to school when there's been so many shooters, death, scaring kids. I don't know. Well, it's a, it's been a real concern. Yeah, definitely. Because lots of kids are afraid to go. Especially if they had that experience. I don't know how you would ever get over it if they were in a room in one of the... Well, there's a lot of post-traumatic stress that remains for those young people that were at Parkland and, and other schools where that happened. But we, what we also had talked about is how the, either the parents or even the students, which at Parkland, they've embraced anti-gun rhetoric and going to Congress and talking. You know, what we've done is we've, as I said, you know, we've um, acquitted Trump but done nothing about all the gun violence that we're dealing with in the United States. And so that's just really a sad tale, I think, very sad tale. Um, did you ever deal with children in terms of your therapy? I mostly did not work with small children. Um, I worked a lot with teenagers and uh, and young adults and uh, in my practice. Uh, people who are very good at doing sand tray and play therapy with small children um, are, are wonderful and, and it's a useful form of therapy, but I tended to do more of the talking therapy and and specialize more in um, a whole, well, I worked with some small children within the context of the family and did that sort of thing, but I let some people do that and while I did more of the older kids and a, a group that I really enjoyed working with as well is is the um, adults, the young adults, uh, the teenage up to up through college years. That was a, a really delightful kind of group where you could work on how to separate and grow up and be an adult and, and learn how to activate yourself and figure out who you want to be and how to do that. That was a wonderful group to work with. Oh, it sounds like it would be. Yeah, because that's such a time of talk about anxiety, right? And kids get so, well, I think I, I, there must have been bullying when we were in school, when I was in school, but I don't really remember it that much. I don't remember anybody being bullied. Maybe they were teased. I think, there's, I think there's probably been some teasing and some bullying that's gone on in the distant past as well as it's currently. Current. But... Um, I think that also that perhaps the school was more active at stopping it uh, earlier on. Well, and parents stepped in, uh, I think. I don't know if parents are doing that these days, calling the school, because I think the school does have some responsibility when a child in their classrooms are being, child or children are being bullied. Um, I mean, some young adolescents have died because they've they've killed themselves over this right the, and now we have social media that spreads a bullying that's taunt. The, the social media stuff is something that is a new newer phenomenon and there's a lot of problems with that for young people i can't even you know it's sort of like People get so wrapped up in caring what other people think. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I can kind of understand it, except I've never been the person who cares what anybody thinks about me because I figure 
I am who I am. Fuck them if they can't take a joke. I mean, kind of like that. But I know that's not a right thing to say on the air, but um, <laughs> to say the least. But I really feel that I think it's important to have that sense of self and that your own self worth. And I don't. I just don't know how p- kids miss that. How what happens to them that they have no sense of self worth? Well, I I think it's a pretty common phenomenon that kids yeah, worry a I'm lot saying. about what other people think, and I think that it's uh, maybe unique to to. I mean, you've you know me a lot. Many I've, years. I've known you. You haven't worried too much about what other people think of you, and and you have a lot of sense of yourself. But that's in something that you've developed over years and your role in your family um, and and, uh, your competence and uh, so forth that added to that self-confidence. And some people grow up in families where they're not given much of a pat on the back for the things that they accomplish and they may be attacked a lot. So that adds, you know, like verbally with just people who aren't as supportive as parents or don't know how to be. And uh, and then everyone has their own temperaments that are different. So Exactly. So it's important to help young people be able to develop that sense of of what are their strengths, how, you know, they can kind of cope with um, some kind of negative feedback from someone else by being able to acknowledge that, that they do well and, and to... Uh, Give themselves a break. Give themselves a break. Well, you know, there's another show coming up in April, April 2nd. Uh, Heather Greenwood Junkmeyer, who is working with, she's in out of the Office of Cooperative Education on campus of UH Maui. And she's, I talked to her this morning, and she's going to be presenting this interesting program. I may not explain it exactly right. We only talked for a couple minutes, but I scheduled her for Monday, April 2nd. Uh-oh, am I even going to be in town? Uh-oh, I may go back and have to look. I was going to be doing, in, going to be in Honolulu, but she'll be on. And what she's doing is, this is interesting, they're mentoring elderly people, seniors, with at-risk middle school and high school students. So they can be, that they don't have a grandparent or an older identified person in their family that can help support emotionally support them mm-hmm. give them those strokes mm-hmm. there it's called creating a village that's great and doesn't that sound interesting mm-hmm. i can't wait to hear more about it but i'm glad i'm saying that out loud because i'm gonna have to probably change the date maybe it's the six april six i think never mind i think it's the six but anyway so i'm looking forward to that show because that is also a way to help with that self-confidence that, what, that we were just talking about mm-hmm. um because a lot, if you you have a single parent and that person's working, they have two jobs. How can they give you those kind of strokes? How well, there are some, maybe some limits sometimes into yeah. how much time they have available, and also the other issue is whether or not they received uh, it. They've had enough support themselves. So you just um, and it's like it, it takes a village. Well, it never hurts to have as many positive role models as possible and that isn't that the case that's so true um i remember when i was in kindergarten uh i or maybe it was first grade i think it was kindergarten though that you'd get a little report it wasn't really a grade and they wrote 
well, Mary has to learn to be a follower as well as a leader. <laughs> this was in kindergarten, right? So I'm going, uh-oh, this is not a good sign. <laughs> so anyway. Well, it actually probably was a good sign, and you did probably need to learn to sometimes be the one who took some cues from someone else. But uh, but the fact was you were a leader even then. <laughs> but see, you know, you think back, and I think back and think, hmm, how did that happen? How did that really happen? So yeah, I don't. You don't know. Well, there are so many parts to it because so there there is the actual the basic personality, the temperament that you, we come into the world with, and then we have parents and other role models that affect grandparents. Our, I think have a big oh, influence. Big influence. I I just always think how grateful I am for for my grandparents who loved me so much, <laughs> and that what a positive benefit that was for me and they were around and, your whole life and teachers sometimes yeah. just one good teacher can make a huge amount of difference in exactly. terms of someone developing a sense of um, competence self-assuredness yes all those good all words. those kind of good mm-hmm. things yeah it's just i remember just today in the pool uh my friend and i who go to swimming to probably at least three or four times a week she was saying when she was um, she was a doctor and she had a practice in Toronto and uh, a child came in from high school she was like 15 or 16 and um, she was directed to go see her because of school nurse and so my friend said to her the patient the young teenager what can I do you think I can do for you and the girl broke down crying and said, I, there were, my parents died. We're, we're going to go. We don't know where we're going to end up. We need to have a guardian. And the, she had a twin brother. And so here they were, twins. They had a younger sister that was a stepsister. And that person was sent to a, one of the family members who was very uh, Christian. And my friend kind of took the guardianship over. Even though they lived at home with their grandmother, she became the, she and her husband became the guardian of this couple, of the, the twins. Mm-hmm. And over time, here we are, maybe 40 years later, and the son, the boy, is a judge in Toronto, married with an adopted daughter, and the sister is an artist. You know, and the, the sister that, that wasn't under her purview or in, in influence. Because what he said, the, the guy that the judge said to her t- is, I would, be a, I would have been a delinquent if you hadn't been involved in our life. Mm-hmm. And so just that one person, but she was consistently involved in good ways with both of them. And so, yes, it only takes, can only take one person who's involved and cares can make a difference mm-hmm. even though the more the better <laughs> the more the better the more the better yeah exactly okay well next week let me think next week well, who are we going to have on the show um what's the date next week march oh that's going to be march 10th no march 3rd 4th anyway we have a great show great shows planned we're going to have Holly Kaukau, Dr. Mary Trotto, 
who's been on the board and the in charge of fundraising for Holly Cowcow. Holly Cowcow is a f- meal program that's been going, I don't know, something like 27 years. Meals, dinner, meal, every day for 27 years. And it's part of uh, the outreach for St. Teresa's Catholic Church in Kihei. And so I was interested because that's one of the basics of good health and wellness is nutrition. And so they do home deliveries and so on. There's a real integrated community program that they run. And so I was interested because of that aspect of good nutrition, getting food. If people don't have food, how can they even survive, you know? And so she's going to be on the show next week. And then down the month in uh, March, we're going to have uh, Dr. Fallett, who is from the Pacific Cancer Institute, who's going to be talking with us about uh, some issues and treatments they provide at the Cancer Institute. And so there's some really exciting programs that are coming up. Um, so I'm looking forward to pre- having them on the show and sharing them and their expertise with you because our goal in this show, the Nurse Practitioner Show on Health, Wellness, and Managing Your Disease, is education and information. Because many times when you are in the middle of a crisis, you don't know where to go. But if you've heard it somewhere, in the back of your mind, you've listened to KAKU 88.5, the voice of Maui, and there's all kinds of good programming on, then you may have heard someone there said something about. And so that may be, so then you don't feel so hopeless because there is a resource in the community. So that was my goal when I started this show, and we're in our fourth year. So I'm looking forward to continuing and um, really have great speakers. Barbara has been fabulous coming today. I really appreciate that. When you are just going to be an observer, (laughs) she's so talented that we just can pull off a show without even planning it, really. Thank you, Barbara. Well, thank you for having me, Mary. And she'll be back in, in April or May when she's back on island with another captivating present, you know, information conversation with me. Because every time you listen to someone that offers you tips and information and ways of handling something, it may keep you from a downward spin. And we all have those weak moments where we need an extra person just to give us that little boost. And Barbara's that kind of person. So I really do appreciate her being here. Um, so in the show, if you just tuned in, the repeat of this show will be on Saturday at 11 a.m. Now, Barbara, we didn't say anything about her life, but I think one of the most significant things about Barbara is that she has five daughters. Don't you think that's interesting? <laughs> well, it was an interesting experience in life to uh, rear five beautiful daughters. Yes, darling, sweet. I feel like I'm their auntie in some ways. I think I am. <laughs> We've gone through a lot together, haven't we? Yes. And so um, it's nice to have that kind of a friend in your life where you have the length of time and the support, which is, you know, that's, that's one of the things about anxiety and creating a village is that you have that support. And not just it might not be your family, but maybe you have to choose your family who you want to be your support. And so that's another way we had talked about 
with trying to alleviate some of that. Well, I had someone visiting this morning who was talking about how um, she went through a difficult separation with her husband, and fortunately they were there today visiting us and um, are back together. But she was thinking how one of the things that got her through that was having good friends and a good support network while they figured out and worked out what they needed to figure out and what they needed to do to help each other and so yeah. now they you know here they came with their several children and swam at the pool and uh, and explored our property and, and just had such a good time and yet i could see the happiness that they had reunited and and in the children and in both parents but what she said helped get her through and was that support system? Was that support system of people who were there to listen and to care as she was going through a difficult time? I remember meeting her long, long ago when Victoria bought the property up in the mount or in foothills, mm -hmm. and that was a. I'll never forget that day. Here me. I'm in a little. I'm in a, a what a hammock with across the river. I mean, it was a little creek, I guess, more than anything. No, it was a river. Well, I, I was in it between two two posts, and my I was in the shade. It was a really, really hot summer day in Sacramento, like August or Labor Day kind of thing. And uh, I, I just couldn't move. I was in this hammock, and I was in the shade, and my ass was in the water, and I stayed cool, and nobody could even you. I couldn't move. I just I wasn't moving the whole day. It was like that, didn't share that hammock at all. I didn't share it at all, <laughs> and it was the most fun afternoon I think I've ever had in ages. Doing just doing nothing, just doing nothing with good friends around, mm -hmm. you know. And she was there with her husband, and she had small children at the time. Mm -hmm. I think now they're growing up. Now they're grow How old are they? Well. The youngest is 12 now. Oh, wow. And the, the one that was, I thought, just really young the other day is 13 now and quite tall. <laughs> and uh, and then the oldest one is um, Going to 18, college? I think. Or out of high school or something. I tell you, kids just grow up so fast, don't they? Yeah, my husband and I have nine, mostly his grandchildren because I'm a second wife. Uh, but his char his grandchildren are darling, wonderful, and his three kids are just great. They've been they're wonderful. You know, seeing the activity of how people parent now differently than what I was parented. I can't talk for anybody else, but um, it's so different. It has such a sense of respect for the kids. <laughs> I think that's probably the biggest difference. You know, my era, it was like. You should be seen, not heard. Don't talk. Let you know. But of course, you couldn't shut me up. But anyway, they tried. God knows they tried, but it didn't work. Um, but you know those kind of things. It's just so nice to see that kind of parenting as a natural outgrowth of being having good parents. Well, one of the other really nice things to see in young uh, parents now is the role that the fathers are paying, playing and many of the families, much more than um, in the years when they were work, we work, were work, work, up. work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. In all the cases of the nine grandchildren, it's intact families, three couples, fathers participate thoroughly. 
it's lovely. I mean, it's just kind of it's lovely. Wonderful. We've we've done a better job in the culture, I think, to to a large measure. But you know, there are pockets where that still isn't possible. A lot of single parents, and that's really a challenge. I just can't even imagine ra- trying to work and be a single parent. Maybe have two jobs because most people here in Maui, the parents, if it's one or two parents, each one has at least two jobs to trying to make the ends meet. It's very difficult. So it makes it really hard. Um, yeah. So, anyways, we're getting to the close of our show. It's now five. It's 54, 254, and we'll be wrapping things up in another couple minutes. Barbara, is there anything we haven't talked about that you think is important that you wanted to be sure to reiterate? Or Oh, I would, I would just, my closing remarks are just to, to think about what I said about just getting some well-roundedness in your life, to having activities and interests, not isolating, and... Um, and remembering to breathe. That is a good one, for sure. Very much so. And I reminded people that on Thursday, we have the Akaku Salon upstairs. We're downstairs at 333 Dairy Road. But upstairs is where the, the salon is held. And um, this week will be, as I mentioned, shallow water blackout free diving and spear fishing because they don't go down with any oxygen. They just their own breathing apparatus, their lungs. I think I met somebody once that had just learned how to do that. And anyway, so that's a very interesting experience, I'm sure. So we're looking forward to next week. We'll hear about Holly Kaukau. Dr. Mary Trotto will be here. Uh, as again, they're They've been serving meals at St. Teresa's in Kihei for some extended period of time. I don't have the exact number of years, but something like 28, 27 years, seven meals a day, and doing home delivery. Isn't that amazing? That's lovely. That's amazing that people, that number one, that there's so many homeless that people can count on where at least they get one meal a day. And I don't know if they end up getting a bag of lunch or something like that to take with them for the next day or... I don't know the whole detail. I only know one time I went over there. You'll find out on your I'll show. I'll find out <laughs> next week. But we, we volunteered. My husband and I volunteered for a Thanksgiving dinner. And we went and helped make stuffing. And, you know, we did that kind of stuff on the day before Thanksgiving. And that was kind of fun. And then we volunteered after that. And they said, oh, we don't need any help. I thought, oh, okay. So we didn't, we didn't do it. But it was a fun thing to do. Um, it was a really great thing. So here we are. We're getting ready to sign off. This is Mary Margaret Baker and the Nurse Practitioner Show on health, wellness, and managing your dis-ease. And I try to focus on all of the above every show and not every single show covers every single one. But today, I think a lot of dis-ease was covered uh, for you. So we're looking forward to this.